0: Hey, what's going on? This is Emile from the EWB Podcast. In the spirit of Halloween, I wanted to share some concept episodes from a side project a co-worker of mine, Alex, and I have been working on. Tentatively named the Let's Quit Our Jobs and Make a Horror Film Podcast, the premise of each of these episodes is we review a famous horror film and decide what aspects from the film uh, inspire us, and whether or not we feel confident enough to, you guessed it, quit our jobs and make a horror film. The intro is still being worked out, so this episode jumps straight into Alex introducing the film and what our inspirations are for reviewing it. Um, But we really hope you enjoy it, and look out for a couple more of these ahead of the Halloween holiday. Enjoy. Enjoy. There's a lot going on in this scene, even though there's really kind of no build-up in the tension that leads up to it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like, Kirk kind of lets himself into the house. hears a sound, Hello? runs towards it, trips, and as he trips...
1: The film which you are about to see... ...is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives... ...they could not have expected... ...nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad... ...and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive... ...became a nightmare... The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history.
2: We watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We watched the original from 1974. One of the reasons that it interested me so much is, uh, one, the fact that we are actually both from Texas.
0: Whoop whoop. Yep.
2: Um,
0: from, from that city. And, that particular city. I was, I was born yeah. in that house. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like I, you grew up next door to it, right? <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I also love the... Like a good classic slasher film. Uh, I think the genre itself is like solidified um, itself in like the horror umbrella. So... I think this is one of like the first like really classic slasher flicks to uh to come out.
0: I think w- when I first think of horror films, I I, I always think of slasher films. I, I think the mm-hmm. you know the alien abductions, the you know the de- demonic possessions, the you know I, I think the 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 serial killer is is still a little bit different than the slasher, right? Because I think serial killers are a little bit more calculated um you know they're usually some kind of you know scientist or uh, lawyer or some you know some kind of white collar person who uh, has it has a dark side um but for slashers you know it, the the killers are usually a little bit more um there's less of a direction for you know what they're doing and it's a little mm-hmm. bit more aimless to who they target and why they target them so yeah, I I, I I love a good slasher film. I had not seen this, like I said, until until we had decided to watch it. So I think for me, the the classic slasher film would be would be Scream, right? Where um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, the, the killers going around terrorizing the town, and there's there's a sense of realism to it, right? And compared mm-hmm. to the other kinds of uh, horror genres, this is probably the one that most people could. Relate to, particularly the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where for those of you who aren't aware, it's these aren't based off of actual events, but Leatherface, who's kind of the the iconic villain of this film, was loosely based off of a killer named Ed Gaines who used to go around and um, you know dig up corpses and take parts of their body to either wear on his head or decorate his bedroom with. So the mere fact that there is this kind of sense of realism and, and the fact that events like these have happened in the past uh, makes it just that much more terrifying.
2: I think one of the beautiful parts about a slasher film is that it's possible to happen right. like anywhere, right? Whereas mm-hmm. like um, like your exorcism movies and like your aliens and stuff like those feel, a little bit more fantastical than a slasher movie because like people are crazy, you know, and like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And you think about like aliens, you know, it's like, okay, well, is some of those people must have uh, <laughs> like, if you, you know, if you're watching, you're like, okay, well, you know, in the future, if I was going out into outer space, I would know what kind of risks I'd be getting myself into, you know, there must be aliens out there or, you know, for exorcisms and stuff like that. You know, I, I think, People would be, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't know if everybody really believes in de- in de- demonic possession period, right? So it's, it's a little yeah. bit um, harder to relate to. But to your point, you know, the slashers, uh, you know, uh, crazed killers, uh, senseless killing is, is all a very, very real thing, especially in the setting of being an out-of-towner showing up into a setting that you're not really familiar with. And, and I mm-hmm. think everybody can really identify with this, right? It, especially you know, you and me, both of us have moved around um, a little bit. You know, you you biked across you know half of North America for Christ's sake. There, there, there must have been some some shady uh, pit stop. Yeah. You know I
2: mean. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I remember like we stayed in this place once that like I legitimately felt fear sleeping in it because it felt like it looked like an insane asylum that you would see on like some like you know classic old horror film but i remember being so scared that like i didn't i couldn't sleep and i like i didn't there there are some really sketchy places uh in north america
0: you, are you, you a how did you find this place and b are you are you allowed to give a shout out to the uh to <laughs> the <to>, place to <laughs> the asylum so just in case there's um, some uh horror we... fanatics
2: that want to spend a night there too Um, it was in Memphis, Tennessee and it was, it was in a, uh, like a suburb, like kind of South of Memphis. And I can't remember the name of it, but, um, it was like a church and, but it was built, uh, like it had like a bunch of floors and where people could like sleep up in the church, but, Mm -hmm. uh, all of the hallways, like there was just one hallway, like there were two stairs that went on exact opposite sides of the building that went up and it was just one long hallway with a bunch of rooms on either side. So if like you opened up a door in the hallway, like you couldn't open up two doors at the same time on either side because it would like take up like the whole hallway. So if like all these doors were open, it was like very creepy to like push them back and like, you know, at night to like see what was behind it, you know, or like (laughs) if someone was like walking around in the dark, like it would creep you out. Um, wow so so yeah uh way way to
0: plan a trip uh team leader (laughs) yeah
2: right (laughs) yeah uh unfortunately that was not like the best move on on my part but i was the only one that was scared so like oh okay i I, everyone else felt fine about it but i i don't know why i just i got the heebie-jeebies
0: okay well i I think we've already found a filming location for our horror film but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we'll move on um yeah, you know, another th- thing that interested me about this film is it was made on a very low budget. And, yeah, the, the director, Toby Hooper, ended up making um, The Poultry the, the Guys, which is, I think happened in the early 1980s or something. But that was him building off of the Texas oh, Chainsaw cool. of fame. So it, it really was a, a bunch of actors who really hadn't reached any level of fame yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Toby Hooper, who was uh, a local, he's a UT grad. So hook them horns. Yeah, uh-huh. shout out to your your school. And really, the, this whole project kind of came together pretty sloppily. It, it was a it was a man with a vision, with very very limited resources. Um, and that you know this is the the no pun intended the horror story of. 40 people that have to use one latrine props on set that are actually, you know, dead carcasses of animals that are starting to rot clothing that could not be changed for the, you know, X amount of days that they were shooting in Texas. Enough said it's, you know, 110 degrees with 80% humidity. Um, it was not a place that uh, people wanted to be for an extended amount of time with limited facilities. So, all these elements for a perfect storm that you know when they finished shooting it, the actors and the people that were involved with this were kind of like you know like what did we just make? You know it's kind of, <laughs> kind of like the people who made the room right like people are like what? yeah like what why did I film that? And um, you know Toby Hooper and his his close advisors you know went into went into their the editing room and put together this beautiful film that. Ended up, you know, getting some insane hype. Um, The first showing of the film actually happened in San Francisco, of of all places, which doesn't really make any sense. And, you know, the legend had it that the first people to see it um, either left the theater sick or got in a fight in the theater because they were just so outraged by everything. Um, Really? Yeah. It really created a buzz for this film even before it was released, which probably helped. It was a film made on a about a hundred thousand dollar budget, and ended up grossing thirty one million dollars in nineteen seventy four. Wow. So something to dream for. Uh, that's that's kind of the, <laughs> the, the idea that I have for you know for our horror film, low budget, <laughs> high rewards, um, but just not filming in 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 the Texas desert in the in the heat of summer. Um, yeah,
2: we'll we'll film in like an air
0: conditioned room or something. <laughs> we'll film in Seattle. I mean, Seattle numbers yeah, are right? gorgeous. Yeah. And then, um, I guess there's just nothing really terrifying about Seattle other than, you know, uh, hipster hipster baristas. But but going back to uh, going back to this film, um, I I do want to note that. This film is – Texas Chainsaw is highly regarded as also being a social commentary um, for the times that they were in, uh, you know, Vietnam War. I, I think Watergate was going on during that time. Uh, I I know there's a bunch of articles that talk about the, the historical significance um, or the historical relevance of this film to those events. Uh, the reality is for the purposes of this podcast we we don't have a heck of a lot of interest to go into those things because a we're not historians and, and b we we want to make a film that doesn't alienate anybody who is uh who is not favorable to one direction or another But there is a lot of interesting articles on that, and I and for those of you who do want to hear about cultural significance or historical significance, definitely take a look at it. So that being said, let's let's talk about the actual movie, and I want to start by the intro because right off the bat, it is a the best way to describe it is if Star Wars, uh, the opening to Star Wars was was a a horror film, (laughs) like
2: it's basically the same thing honestly was not thinking about it that way but I, I can definitely see where you're coming from and then like before Vader like invades like the that the ship that Leia's on he's like <laughs> using like a urinal or something and he like <laughs> zips up and like gets he's like alright I'm ready I'm ready to go let's go let's do this thing <laughs> that, that, that's what you're thinking of <laughs> but cause like it, like it starts out with they're like on the side of the road and mm. one of the guys oh, yeah. <laughs> is yeah. like peeing, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in there that I I think it, it's partly to help build up that um the, the the tension and the unease of, you know, a bunch of out of towners that don't belong, right? They they don't they don't understand the norms of like, oh, you know, like Oh, it should be fine for us to pull over on the side of the road and you know take a whiz, but nope. Like right off the bat, you know, a truck drives by, doesn't really give a damn. You know what's going on. Gets really close to them. Um, I, I forget what exactly causes the the guy in the wheelchair to to lose control and roll down a hill. Although um, that seemed a little bit over the top to me, but I, I think it was kind of instantly setting setting the grounds for the yeah, these guys are are out of place and yeah. Uh, almost comically like you know they, they're all kind of intertwined and in, uh it, it's definitely a weird mix of people almost like kind of like kind of like the scooby-doo gang in, in my mind yeah opinion.
2: kind of and they're all dressed like very like hip for the times you know they do seem out of place in like the tall brush like wearing like the like the floral shirts and like having like kind of like the groovy pants on you know
0: yeah and you know the moment they you know come come into that town where that uh they, I, I think Sally's uh, grandfather was buried, you know, they, they stop in and they meet a bunch of the town folk who clearly are, are already a little bit off. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. And that, that contrast is already established. Um, things really quickly build up from there to what I think is probably the most tense, 10 minutes of the film, which is when they immediately pick up that hitchhiker, um, and the way that it's shot is, you know, he's on he's kind of on one side and he's facing everybody else. And uh, honestly, like, there there's the, the the characters are saying it out loud. They're like, oh, we picked up Dracula or something, which yeah. is kind of a fucked up thing to say if the if the guy's sitting right there. But you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick that. Um, but it, it's very very clear that something is off and there's this sense of dread that something's going to happen. Just the the fascination with the knife um, and, and him talking about how cows are killed with the,
2: um, oh, the air gun.
0: Yeah. With the air gun. The, yeah. Uh, just all of that is just, you know, it, it builds up the, the, the sense of dread and ultimately it, it really, uh, I mean, and maybe this is kind of, you know, me watching from, from way, you know, way in the future, but it really doesn't build up to much, Uh, you know, just a couple, a couple stab wounds here and there. But uh... I think,
2: I think though that, like, I think that kind of starts it out with, like, getting the audience maybe settled in for the chaos that's going to, like, ensue, you know, it's like, because basically it's the same idea, but, like, on a much larger scale, like, later, right? So, to start off with that, I feel like like some random person is now just attacking me. I think that's like as uh, the movie like peaks and valleys, right? That's like the first peak to kind of get the audience comfortable mm-hmm. with what's about to happen,
0: mm-hmm. or yeah. to
2: the, to the best of the ability, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a primer to you know our introduction to Leatherface, which. I, I think is uh, t- takes it to a whole another extreme. So mm-hmm. I, m- maybe you're right, actually, because it, it does. It would be a little bit odd for five of our main characters to go around for literally 40 minutes of a movie and nothing bad to happen to them, and all of a sudden, you know that. The guy,
2: Kirk, gets uh,
0: brained by a sledgehammer out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. I, I feel like if you had just gone into, like, immediately Leatherface, I feel like you need, like, the appetizer to go along with, like, this, like, crazy meal, right? So, um, yeah, I feel like it would have felt a little out of place if, like, Leatherface just showed up out of nowhere.
0: And, yeah, actually, the, so this is a good segue into the moment that Leatherface is revealed, which I think is actually the best scene in this movie. And it was legitimately shocking to me. And I've seen a good amount of horror films, and I I almost rarely get shocked anymore by scenes like this.
1: Hello? Anybody home? Hello?
0: But... It's kind of a weird... There's a lot going on in the scene, even though there's really kind of no build-up in the tension that leads up to it, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Like, Kirk kind of lets himself into the house. hears a sound, Hello? runs towards it, trips, and as he trips... <laughs> Leatherface just kind of strifes into frame like out of the Mm -hmm. hallway and you're you're first like worried about you know what what happened to to kirk because he tripped right but then all of a sudden this big dude comes out of nowhere there's no music and all it is is just a dude who's wearing a very strange outfit and you know a cowhide on his face and just brains him yeah, with, with a sledgehammer, and they show you know all the all the convulsing or all the all the twitching that happens after that, and right like two seconds later he pulls him away and shuts the door like it's uh
2: like it was, it was nothing
0: right Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it happened and, and so I, fast. Yeah, okay. I feel like you you leave that scene and you're like, hold up, what what was ha- happening there? And I think the thing that creeps me out the most was the body shaking because like i i'm not a doctor but i feel like that is like a pretty natural way like to react to something like that so that like it made it so much more real and i think with i think without the music being used in that scene it adds even more realness to it because in in most horror films they usually have some like big like scary score like going underneath it and then it like crescendos at the scary part but the fact that there's nothing there it i think it makes it seem real like this is just a crazy thing that happened like you know there's no music because that's not how it happens in real life right there's no music like foreshadowing your doom right Mm -hmm.
0: the funny thing is like i could totally imagine myself if i was watching that movie and you know i saw that he was about to go into the house i would look for cues that something was about to happen and if i had to go pee i'd be like all right i'm not even gonna pause this fucking movie and i'm gonna go take a piss and like let things trans- transpire because i know that nothing's gonna happen right uh-huh. and then i'd come back and then i'd be like well what what, what happened to kirk <laughs> what, yeah <laughs> so i yeah I, I think to your point that you know that that it is it is very, very real. It is also what kind of makes it unexpected for mm-hmm. for these horror films. One one kind of side note that, that's funny to me is that a lot of slasher films in these kind of horror films involve some level of trespassing. Right? So, you know, none of this would have ever happened to these kids if they hadn't, you know, just shown up on somebody's farmland and, you know, yeah. let themselves into a house or you know, in, in other films, it's like people that went into an attic that they weren't supposed to go into and opened the wrong box. Uh, yeah, I, I think Sinister. culturally, yeah, I, I think culturally, for for Asians, it's uh, and I'm not saying you know you, you white people are, you know I have no respect for countries, <laughs> but it it just it's just something that doesn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we don't go into people's houses that we don't know. Yeah. And you know, we would take one look around and be like shit, I got to take my shoes off and walk into this house that's got like fucking teeth on the floor. Now, I'll pass. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> no movie.
2: Yeah. I I feel like too like during I guess like back then, like as not so like segue all the way back to the first opening car ride scene, but even like picking up a hitchhiker. Yeah. Like that's not that's like not something that I think anyone would do now, right? Yeah. But yeah. but back then, I feel like it was probably a little bit more normal,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is it is always kind of funny to to watch these movies in the lens of you know who through, through the lens of who we are now and be like, well, that would never happen. Yeah. Um, but but to the point of characters and character decisions, uh, the Leatherface murders. Kind of build up to this very very long chase scene uh, between the main the main protagonist Sally and Leatherface, which kind of takes her through the forest to the house, up a flight of stairs, out you know out the window, back through the <laughs> forest, down to the gas station where you know she gets caught by Papa Sawyer and you know she gets sent back to the house ultimately. Um, what are your thoughts on chase scenes? Um, chase scenes in general and then this one in particular
2: I understand them I understand like why directors like want to put in a good chase scene the, the subject that's being chased trips and falls like that's like even I feel like I feel like it's almost or it's definitely become a cliche at this point although I find that with I guess more recent chase scenes or more recent horror films that I've seen the chase scene is always it always it feels like a linear path uh, that they're following mm-hmm. like they're trying to get from one place to another and I th- think lit- with you
0: literally or figuratively
2: no literally like literally oh, okay. yeah mm-hmm. like they're like they're like going from like one place and they're like I'm gonna go hide here or something like or like it almost feels very linear the way that it's it's shot like it's you know they're going from like one side of the screen to the other I felt like with with this chasing in particular it felt like she was just, like, running around. And I think that's what made it so much scarier to me because there was, like, no direction for her to go to. There was just this crazy person following her around with a chainsaw. And, like, it's pitch black. It's, like, Texas. You know, there's no streetlights anywhere, right? And I think, like, like, her just, like, aimlessly running through these, like, not very like a thicket you know i i it made it so much more chaotic to me
0: yeah um i'm always kind of on the fence with chase scenes in general um regardless of whether they're car chase scenes in action films or um in this case you know a horror chase scene i see your point that it, it was a little bit more scary that it a unique setting where you know people are you know running through uh, the, like you said thickets and thorn bushes and and she needs to kind of maneuver around a lot of things um, and it's dark you know that that's uh, that's got to add to the terror um, it's not like you know some of the other more I guess traditional slasher films where it's like they're they're just trying to get out of their house where mm-hmm. it's like you know, it, it, it's kind of your home turf. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're trying to escape your own house. Um, I I thought that the scene was built up to be, it, it should have been the, the the most scary part of the movie. Um, it was very very long. I, I felt like yeah. You know, it just went on way too long, and maybe that, you know, maybe that was just some of the best footage that they got because of what they were working with. I don't know. I also think, and maybe this, this will go, uh, we'll talk about Leatherface at the very end of it, but I also think that the way Leatherface runs in general is, is a little comical. And I, I think there is a reason for it. I think it, it, he purposely runs a certain way and overall acts a certain way. But you don't really understand that until later in the film, after the chase. Mm-hmm. Before the chase, you know, he's just kind of portrayed as the dude that goes around and, you know, bludgeons people and, you know, mm-hmm. hacks him up with a chainsaw. So when he was running through the forest, it was almost kind of like, like the Benny Hill music was going in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. again you know it, it's understandable later why he's he's got these kind of childlike mannerisms mm-hmm. um but it, it it was just hard to take a scene like that seriously for as long as it went
2: because because it almost felt like uh, like I, I like not to like totally dilute it but like you know like those Scooby Doo chase scenes <laughs> where like you're in one room and then like out the other like like <laughs> I feel like we've been conditioned for that, right?
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> so following this chase scene, everything culminates to this to this insane dinner scene where. I feel like nothing happens like like this dinner scene is probably gonna be um I mean the whole movie is kind of short, so i I don't, everything's pretty memorable, I guess, but it it does stand out, and I think the direction that they were going with it, if they had done it well, or I guess to my liking, which everything should be done. Because I'm I'm the consumer, Um, it would have it would leave a much more lasting impression on me. But when I watched it, it's like like a bunch of insane yelling, kind of with no direction of like where conversation components are going. Like the dad, Daddy Sawyer's yelling at the the hitchhiker, and they're like kind of arguing back and forth. Leatherface approaches her, does some stuff, but doesn't hurt her. Kind of backs off. Like Grandpa sits there and weakly, you know, swings at hammer like five six times and and then all of a sudden she just you know runs off like it's like and all the while there's just a bunch of like close-ups of people's faces their Mm -hmm. eyeballs like they they go back to her eyeballs multiple times close-ups of the of the dudes laughing like it it just like I, i don't know what to make of it um and I'll be honest, I'm not a very artistic person. So maybe, you know, maybe somebody who who gets it, uh, maybe you would be able to, you know, kind of piece it all together and and find some sort of meaning in it. But what I came out of that was like for something that could have been insane where, you know, they they could have done it in possibly one shot um, where it kind of circled the table slowly um, mm-hmm. you know, they they could have tortured her a little bit more, and I, I'm not saying you know the torture porn where they cut off her toes or rip her fingernails off, but yeah. um, they could have prodded her a little bit more, um, or or just got more in her face. I,
2: like I, it just yeah. felt
0: so messy to me.
2: Yeah, I feel like the goal of the you know like zooming into people's faces and eyes and stuff is to add to that sense of like uneasiness of like what's happening and Mm. like the director even goes as far as like to almost recreate the scene from earlier when they pick up the hitchhiker where like it's one person on one side of the table and then another person so like all these people are like looking at her and she's looking at them and i thought that was pretty interesting that that like you kind of get like almost like a, a reprise of, like, that uh, scene structure. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I feel like we don't, it, usually around this part, you would, like, if it was, like, a serial killer or something, you'd, like, figure out their plan or something, you know? Like, they they would, like, talk to them, or, you know, like, th- like some information would be disseminated at the scene. But I really feel like there wasn't a whole lot of anything to learn besides that, like, this family is very dysfunctional (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that's it
0: and maybe that's what we're supposed to get out of it and maybe that's the the terrifying aspect of it that i just couldn't appreciate i i want to talk a little bit about sally uh, about the main protagonist the term scream queen comes up yeah like they say Mm -hmm. that you know she was kind of the original scream queen for for horror films and um to some extent, I would say she does it very well. She screams and she runs. I don't see, and I'm and I'm really hoping that this doesn't come off as sexist. But I, like, if if a dude was doing that the whole time, I I don't think that the protagonist would be very interesting either, right? Because there was no, there was no personal challenge. There was no personal growth. you you didn't know enough about her um to to make her like escaping feel that much better and maybe that's kind of one of those like you know in real life like you know does any of that matter if you're fighting for your life maybe not right but she didn't display any kind of wits or um mental fortitude I, i mean i guess her like You know, jumping out the window twice, like, you know, Kool-Aid manning, like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) bursting through walls. Oh Yeah, Yeah. Uh, status. Like, I guess that takes guts. Um, Yeah. And I
2: love that she i love that she goes through two windows in this movie i think that's i think that like she's like the first time it works and she like gets like kind of far but she's like i feel like the second time she's like you know what it worked for me last time i'm just gonna try it and like not go to that gas station again
0: (laughs) (laughs) the old trial and error yeah right
2: she's like this is the only thing that's like worked in my favor i'm just gonna do it one more time let's see what happens yeah, but I mean, other
0: than that, it's like there's no like I, I there's just not many qualities that I, I I think audience members would identify with. I think and yeah, may, and again, maybe we don't need that. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. It it it's definitely it was definitely hard for me to like feel like bad that you know these people are are dying because like honestly. <laughs> Like, I didn't get the chance ever to really relate with them, like, as a character. Like, and because usually in movies, they'll, like, present some kind of flaw that makes them more human. But here, I feel like you just kind of got plopped down into the middle of their story with literally next to no background, which I don't know. I feel like, I feel like for some, that's that makes it scary. But for other people, I think like a, as an like a general audience member would want like to have some kind of like something that they could relate to this person. You know, like they could see themselves in, in Sally's shoes.
0: Yeah. Not everybody has a, a wheelchair bound sibling that we treat like shit. huh? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. They were really mean to
0: him. <laughs> 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 that, that flashlight scene, I thought was kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Or they uh-huh. played
0: Tug of War over the flashlight for like a minute. Yeah. I was like, what, what is going yeah. on here? Like I, I thought at some point it'd culminate into, you know, like the, the flashlight exploding and like killing one of them or something. But Yeah.
2: Was... Or like it falls out and like the batteries fall out and they hear a noise or something. You know, like Yeah. Like yeah. there's it almost felt like there was like not even a purpose for that <laughs> scene, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that it, it, like uh, going back to your point, it just seems like there were a lot of unnecessary scenes that they could have used to build up at least Sally, right? At least the person that we're going to, you know, follow around uh, for the rest of the movie. But yeah, like I felt like, you know, when she ran away from the farm, uh, got out to the street and that random truck driver, you know, throws a wrench and hits Leatherface in the head and saves her life <laughs> and then just runs off screen. Like exit yeah. <laughs> exit exit camera right and then yeah and then she just hops in a different truck you're
2: like what what yeah. is going what is on it? yeah what is happening yeah <laughs> and that's like basically that's that's the whole movie like she <laughs> escapes this dinner scene and she's like on the street
0: the the end didn't really do it for me but the film went on to have like an insane legacy right and you know leatherface for how strange he is as a character and we'll get into that in a second goes on to become this icon right like he is literally a a secret character in mortal kombat now
1: leatherface wins
2: fatality Oh wow! Really?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You can. I mean, they they have everyone in their mom now. It's like they have Jason Voorhees. They have a Freddy Krueger, I think. um, Wow,
2: RoboCop, Terminator. Made it. Like (laughs) your when your character is like in a Mortal Kombat
1: (laughs) DLC.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he's kind of a unique character in the sense that in the beginning he's terrifying, right? Like we we talked about his his opening scene is him you know showing up out of nowhere. Bludgeoning someone and then pulling them off screen, shutting the door within seconds, right? And shortly after that, he murders a couple more people in pretty grotesque fashion. But when you see him, kind of the way he interacts with the family, um, kind of when he's on his own, it's it's very very childlike, right? It, it feels like he's, he's definitely definitely has issues with you know sexual identity. I think there's scenes where he's like wearing makeup or wearing a dress. Um, and, you know, I, I assume Freud would say, you know, he didn't have a mother because there was no mother in the... I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be theories about it. Um, yeah. Or, there are, or maybe they explain it more later. I don't know. But but it is funny how at the end of the movie, you're, you're not really even scared of Leatherface
2: mm-hmm. either,
0: right? Because he's just so scared of everybody else
2: that you're just like... Yeah. Oh. Having, like, the, the dynamic where the family... Because the whole time, I feel like most of this movie, you think, oh, Leatherface is this, like, really, like, authoritative, like, crazy, um, uh, just, like, slasher, right? But to see the family almost, like, belittle him, it feels, yeah, it kind of, like, it takes like the charge away from from the from the creepiness of the character. I feel.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I that's one thing that um, you know, kind of the same way that like there's the Gimp in um, Pulp Fiction. That, that was actually the first thing I thought of when when it became clear that Leatherface wasn't the 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 true bad guy. Right, he was just kind of you know following what what his family said. Um, it's kind of the same thing with the Gimp. To be honest, like, like, you don't really know what they're, why they're there, but they're just so fucked up that they're just doing these bad
2: things. Yeah, I, one of the things I think about the family that really intrigued me is that I almost was able to relate to the family, like, they, they let you relate to the family more than you relate to, like, the actual characters being killed. There are a couple scenes where like. So, so what do like, you
0: have for dinner tonight? <laughs> I,
2: I I mainly mean like like when they're in the gas station and Sally is like being held in the gas station, and he like goes back and he like turns off the lights or something, and he's like uh, cost of electricity and all that. I I was like oh man he's right like that's a great idea, but. I feel like you almost get more face-to-face time with the family themselves. And, like, there's little bits and pieces that I felt, like, um, humanized them just a little bit. Like, the way they talked about how, like, oh, like, go get your grandfather or whatever. And then, like, he brings him down and he's like, yeah, grandfather was, like, the greatest killer ever. When he, like, what he said earlier, like, he grabs the hammer and, like, drops it, like, five or six times. Like, okay, I believe that Grandpa was the the best killer ever, sure. But I feel like like there are moments like that that like humanize these people, which I don't think we really got a chance to with with the main like cast of characters.
0: So is that kind of a, a horror within the horror that we we sympathize we sympathize with Leatherface and uh, potentially Daddy Sawyer and and the the hitchhiker?
2: Maybe like I think I don't know that. I guess that would be something for us to explore in other. F- films and you know if like we ever you know like when it comes time to like writing a character right like i i feel like there are some some villains that they what makes them scary is that like you kind of see yourself in them or like they seem very human and very like maybe not normal but like they could be like some random person that you interact with like at a grocery store or something you know like some other person that you would like see in public at some point
0: but it's all it's all good stuff to think about i mean i you know anytime you make a film that there needs to be additional levels for people to be able to relate to and to think about um i think we're going to be moving on to the final and probably most important segment of each of our podcast episodes alex and i will decide what aspects of this movie we have been inspired by our own vision of impl- applying these ideas, and finally deciding if we have enough material to quit our jobs to make a horror film. So Alex, since this is the inaugural episode, we'll each come up with two ideas that we want to put in the movie. So let's start with you. Uh, give me one thing that you really like that you can see being worked into our movie. And keep in mind, we have nothing written out for this movie yet. We don't know what kind of movie it is if we're going to be starring in it, how much money we want to put into it, you know, everything's out in the open right now. So it's really just a blank sheet of paper.
2: Um, one of my favorite aspects of this movie was how it went from very chaotic, crazy, like chase scene um, that we both agree went on a little bit too long, but that after the chase scene, we just had one, room that we were in we weren't like running around this whole house anymore we were in sitting in one room and i loved like the stillness of it i felt i felt like it was nice to take a breath but at the same time you couldn't breathe too deeply because the overall that dinner scene was was crazy
0: i like that i I like the the whole idea of a like a change of pace yeah exactly i'll give you mine or my first one i like the idea of the out-of-towners coming to a setting that they're not familiar with. I've uh, I've always identified with that, um, partially because I've I've moved around a lot. Um, but also, I have been in, you know, uncomfortable situations where, you know, even a, a, hey, how are you from a stranger almost came off as malicious to me. Like, it was like, well, why are they asking that? It, um, I, I think that, helps build tension between characters. And I think that the way it started out, like you said at the beginning of the movie, um, you know where, where a dude is trying to pee and he doesn't understand you know you can't do that on the side of the road and you know he gets <laughs> pushed down the hill because of it, uh, obviously not using that particular <laughs> example, but having just subtle examples in the setting that help establish you know that our protagonists are out of place. I think helps move the story along.
2: I I definitely agree with that. I like that aspect a lot. I I will say that um, some of my favorite horror films uh, that play on the uh, people that like the people that are that the thing is happening to it's in their own home. I think that could be a very fun uh, way to to structure a horror film because. The, the foreign aspect definitely adds to the, the unsettledness, but having something terrifying happen in your own home, I feel like makes people all the more scared.
0: So, uh, so my idea is off the books for now, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: which no, is fine, which
0: is why we do I, this, which, yeah. which is, we need to have spirited debates about what goes in there. goes in our film. Um, uh, but if you do come up with a really bad idea, then I'm going to fire you from the film.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'll,
0: I'm also going to fire you from your real job too. <laughs> Before it even happens. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. And, and I love home invasion films, and I think maybe one of our uh, one of our future ones will have to we'll have to touch on touch on that as well. But I will I will take my my first idea off the table since we're in <laughs> agreement. Uh, what's your second one?
2: My second one is having a character that you can't see, at least uh, not initially. I think a character with some kind of costume or some kind of not, I don't like a crazy disguise or something. I feel like uh, it's, a, although it's a pretty classic trope for horror films to have, you know, like the masked person, like, you know, going back to Scooby-Doo, the unveiling of that person. Um, I think not necessarily getting to see their face or all of their person quite yet adds to the horror. Do you
0: expect an unveiling at the end? Does that have to happen or are you okay with it not happening?
2: Not necessarily. I don't think there ever needs to be an unveiling, Um, but I think the longer you can go without necessarily showing the, the thing full on, what you're scared of. And I'm not talking like Cloverfield or something where like, you don't, you can't see like the thing, like the monster, like at all during the movie, but like going as far as you can and without revealing the, the character itself and why the character is scary, I think makes things a little bit more terrifying.
0: The alien effect.
2: Yeah. That was uh
0: just what people say, like alien, such a great movie. And, and I agree. I like that. I like that idea, and I think that, yeah, no, I I think this movie would have suffered if they actually tried to explain Leatherface's backstory, because it, Mm -hmm. it became clear that it didn't matter, like, yeah, like why he was the way he was, because, you know, he wasn't even the one calling the shots, so, um, but I, I do see what you're saying, and I think I, I am, as, as an investor in this film, I am open to that, (laughs) um, let me see. Um. So my second idea is I like scenes where it, there's a lot of dread, which is what that hitchhiker scene was, where you know something crazy is going to happen. Um. And I think you know the the whole movie shouldn't be based off of that. Like you know Final Destination, like that's like pure dread because you know like all these yeah. motherfuckers are going to die. Um. <laughs> Saw like Saw particularly is like. You know, you especially when it's like detectives at a crimes at a crime scene where they're like looking at a dude whose head is like chopped off. It's like, well, why do I want to watch the uh, the like, flashback I... of what happened? It's like, well, you already fucking know what happened. His head fell off. Um, so I don't like movies where it ends up being pure dread, right? But I think having one scene as part of the movie, um, it doesn't necessarily need to move the plot along, but I think it really helps with character development. I, I think you know the, those sort of things it shows how people um, deal with certain situations. And, and that would have been a great scene for this movie. I, I think it, it worked out fantastically for this film because they were all not very good actors to begin with, but it was a very, very well shot scene that, you know, the hitchhiker could be way over the top and, you know, the rest of them could just be kind of like, Oh, what's going on? Like, you know, the, the Franklin kid who's, who was like fascinated with like the knife after he got stabbed with it. That was, yeah. That's that such right. a weird scene. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it could have really shown, like, okay, how do each one of these people handle, like, interact in a scene where there is, you know, this kind of tension and this kind of, uh, I mean, to mm-hmm. them, it's a scene of tension, right? Because they don't know what's going on. But Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think having a scene like that really helps develop characters um, and really show, you know, who's, uh, like, who's, kind of, who's going to be the alpha in this film, who's, who's going to be the thoughtful one. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 I do like a scene like that in, in films.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's also like a, it's a good opportunity to show – you kind of get to know the characters a little bit better when you figure out how they react to certain things, right?
0: Like, Yeah, and like in this, like, that dude was just driving the van being like, do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody reacted <laughs> the way that somebody should until – Somebody got cut open. Yeah, right. So (laughs) bizarre. But anyway, things for us to think about when we're putting together our movie. Which leads me to my final question, Alex. Do we have enough to quit our jobs tomorrow and start making our horror film?
2: Um, you know, uh, we're no to put to put it bluntly. um... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're fired anyway. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, I think we're making good progress. I, I do. Only one of a
1: series ...to be handed down as a result of a special grand jury investigation. Grave robbing in Texas is this hour's top news story. An informant led officers of the Muerto County Sheriff's Department to a cemetery just outside the small rural Texas community of Newt early this morning. Officers there discovered what appeared to be a grisly work of art. The remains of a badly decomposed body wired to a large monument a second body was found in a ditch near the perimeter of the cemetery subsequent investigation has revealed at least a dozen empty crypts and it's feared more will turn up as the probe continues deputies report that in some instances only parts of a corpse had been removed the head or in some cases the extremities removed the remainder of the corpse left intact evidence indicates the robberies have occurred over a period of time Sheriff, Jesus Maldonado, refused to give details in the ghoulish case and said only that he did have strong evidence linking the crime to elements outside the state. Area residents have reportedly converged on the cemetery, fearing the remains of relatives have been removed. No suspects are in custody as the investigation at the scene continues. Oil storage units continue to burn out of control at the huge Texaco refinery near the Texas-Louisiana border. Three storage units exploded into flames during the night.